Our scripture this morning can be found on page 501 of your Pew Bibles, uh, Psalm 102. Hear my prayer, O Lord, let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me, answer answer me speedily in the day when I call. For my days pass away like smoke, and my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is struck down like grass and is withered. I forget to eat my bread. Because of my loud groaning, my bones cling to my flesh. I am like a desert owl of the wilderness, like an owl of the waste places. I lie awake. I am like a lonely sparrow on the housetop. All the day my enemies taunt me. Those who deride me use my name for a curse. For I eat ashes like bread and mingle tears with my drink. Because of your indignation and anger, for you have taken me up and thrown me down. My days are like an evening shadow. I wither away like grass. But you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. You are remembered throughout all generations. You will rise and have pity on Zion. It is the time to favor her. The appointed time has come. For your servants hold her stones dear and have pity on her dust. Nations will fear the name of the Lord. And all the kings of the earth will fear, will fear your glory. For the Lord builds up Zion. He appears in his glory. He regards the prayer of the destitute and does not despise their prayer. Let this be recorded for a generation to come, so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. That he looked down from his holy height. From heaven the Lord looked at the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners, to set free those who were doomed to die that they may declare in Zion the name of the Lord and in Jerusalem his praise when the peoples gather together and kingdoms to worship the Lord. He has broken my strength in mid-course. He has shortened my days. O my God, I say, take me not away in the midst of my days, you whose years endure throughout all generations. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years have no end. The children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. The word of God for the people of God. All right, ladies, I'm going to need some help. Remember, back in school days, you would do some sort of voodoo to fold up a sheet of paper and write on it who your future husband might be, what house you would live in, um, and what sort of um, um, car you would have or something like that. What was that called? A catcher? Could catcher, Okay. All right, and you would kind of pick a number and do some kind of folding thing. Some of y'all remember doing that? All right. Do, do y'all still do those things in high school, middle school? Is that familiar? Or is, an, is there an app for that now? <laughs> well, it was, I never, the, the folding always threw me. It was always fun to think about um, the future uh, as we were growing, to think about what I might be doing. Um, what life would, will look like. And, and so much 
of our youth, you know, being asked what we're going to do and to, to kind of think about things uh, kind of had us um, always becoming something, right? We, we were never there. We were looking forward to 16 when we will be um, driving, uh, look forward to graduation, look forward to things we were not yet, but we were becoming, and there was something neat about that, but yet it was still that we were anticipating and we weren't who we were going to become. And now um, a few years past those days, um, we kind of look back uh, with nostalgia about things that have changed. Ever drive around and hear some really good music from back in the day? that not only remind you how bad kids have it with music today, but also just suddenly you don't feel like your knees ache and you, you feel like you're 20 and the way you used to be. Just, just to kind of have that moment of nostalgia to remember things. Or maybe you, you kind of drive in an area and you see the things that used to be there, right? Um, the, the place where kids used to hang out. Uh, where homes used to be, and everything's changed. Everything's different, not, not what it used to be. I, I know, um, um, I talked to Keelan on the phone the other day about some very adult-type stuff, like retirement plans and stuff like that, and I passed by a picture that Robin had pulled out of me lying on the couch when she was about this big. I'm reading and holding her, and it was just hit with, they change, you know, they grow. All of life changes. All of life that we go through is different. Um, it's constantly in flux, so that one ancient philosopher said, you never step into the same river twice, right? As soon as you step into it, it's changed, it's different. And so much of life is like that. We, we can't grasp. It's, it's um, flowing. And yet God does not change. God is secure. In our confession of faith, one of the things we say about God is that he is immutable, which means he, he can't change. God, um, mutable is something that can, you know, you can, like Plato, you know, you can move it around, but God is not mutable. He is unchangeable, and this is good news for us. Um, it, it's what we see here that uh, as the psalmist is crying out to God with the changes, as they're wasting away, my days pass away like smoke. Everything's moving. Everything's changing. He's suffering, but for God, Lord, you are enthroned forever. You're remembered through all generations. God does not change. And, and he reminds us that this is our security um, towards the end when he says, you know, you've laid the foundation of the earth, the heavens are the work of your hand, they will, they will perish, but you will remain. They wear out like a garment, you'll change them like a robe, and they will pass away, but you are the same. Your days have no end. The children of your servants shall dwell secure. We have security because God is who he is, and he will not change. And this kind of gives stability to all the things we've been talking about in this series. This is the, our final message in this series on our God who is not like us. And everything is, is not only that he's eternal, but unchangeable. So that God who knows all things 
always will know all things. God, who is all-powerful, will always be all-powerful. And this is good news. So, the first way um, God is unchangeable is in who He is, in His essence, right? So, we, we are not like that. Um, I might have shared with you before, uh, Total Fitness used to be over in this strip mall near Walmart, and they... Um, I joined fairly early on, and I was over there, and man, there was a guy next to me just a little bit over on some other equipment. He was struggling. I mean, he looked old. He had gray hair, and I mean, it was just, I felt sorry for him, and then I realized there was a mirror in there, and apparently I was full of self-pity for this guy who was, so I just, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is other guys, but, you know, you, you kind of have this self-image of about 25, and you look in the mirror, and you're always surprised at, at, at who's there. We're, we're not the same. We, we, we change. We, we can't do physically the things we used to. We, we're always um, growing or de- declining, getting weaker, um, learning more, forgetting things, but God is not like that. Um, he... he we're told in uh, James chapter 1, the, the God who is the source of every good and perfect gift, in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. God is always perfect, and there's no change in Him. Now think about this. If, if God was kind of getting better, um, and, and, you know, then that means early on, He didn't have quite enough experience and had something to learn. You know, the God who would have created everything might not be quite as sharp and would have done things a little bit different because he wasn't perfect. Or if he can change, then now he knows all things in a billion years, he might well, get you know, a little forgetful. But he doesn't change. He's always absolute perfect. I think the, the example I used earlier was I'm a big Ronnie Millsap fan. And we got the you know, four people at Mount Carmel knew Ronnie Millsap. So it might, it might explain things to say we went to see him in concert, and um, we really should have seen Ronnie Millsap 20 years earlier because uh, he was not the Ronnie Millsap that I, I listened to on Smoky Mountain Rain. I, we enjoyed it. We had a good, good time, but, you know, he, he was not hitting the notes that he used to be able to hit, and he was having to sing a, a short medley of, of songs instead of the full songs. It's him, but he's not fully who he was. God's not like that. God always will be who He is. So you can trust Him. You can know that His strength and power are trustworthy. He will always be able to do what He has promised to do. The second way God is unchangeable, not just to who He is. The second way God is unchangeable in His purpose and His will, what He intends to do. God will always um, do what He has promised you know, we, we might kind of learn new information and change our mind. We might promise something and realize this was more than I signed up for. Yet God didn't, does not change in his will or his purpose. Now, you might be saying, wait a minute, doesn't Scripture talk about God relenting or God repenting? Well, yeah, there's, there's times where God talks about, in relationship to us, differences. Jonah went to speak to the people in Nineveh to tell them of God's wrath. They repented, and God relented of the destruction he was going to bring. 
There's talk about God uh, repenting for having made man before the destruction in Noah's day. Yet these are ways of talking more about our relationship to God and our change in our status of grace. Um, what, what part of God that we're experiencing. So it, it's more like the way we talk about sunrise and sunset. We know that, in fact, the sun does not rise. The, the earth circles. And yet, even the most scientific-minded person still refers to the time of sunrise. You know, it's our experience. It's subjective rather than um, technically who God is. And so God's purposes continue to stand. God's intent and will always will be the same. That means we can trust in him. Malachi 3 tells us, I am the Lord your God. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed. It's the message. God has chosen to put grace on a people And he's not surprised when they rebel. He doesn't relent and change from his promise of mercy um, because he finds out more sin. He he doesn't turn back from his grace because he just changes his mind because he gets impatient. His determination to show grace and mercy is always there. Therefore, we are not consumed. So there might be times as you go through your Christian life and you stumble and you fail and you make a mistake And you think, am I no longer a Christian? Can God really forgive me for this? Your God does not change. What could possibly change him? He's not going to get more information. He's all-knowing. He's not going to change his views on things. Do you think someone's going to be able to argue him into taking mercy away? Do you think he was surprised by the sin that surprises you? On the cross, Jesus knew the lousiest thing you will ever do. And though you might be surprised at some of the things you say or do or think, God is not taken by surprise. Therefore, he does not change. His mercy and his grace stand firm. So God, his purpose and will doesn't change. His goodness to us isn't going to change from that. And there's another way we talk about God not changing that sounds really weird to modern ears. We say that God is without passions. God is impassable. Now this, to us, might sound like God is insensitive or unemotional or maybe even half-hearted, right? Someone passionate is someone who's really, um, you know, they're, they're full gung-ho emotion into things. And we always tell people, you know, find someone who's passionate about their work or passionate about a person. But... What we're talking about here is the idea of someone um, being moved by their feelings. And again, we think that's normal and natural, but I'm going to suggest that a God who is not moved by feelings is a good thing. All right, so this is not saying God is without feeling. God is loving. God is compassionate. God has wrath against wrongdoing. Even those things we talk about, they're, they're... analogous to who we are. So God's wrath is not like our wrath. Our wrath is, is often because I've lost my temper or I myself have felt injured. God's wrath is his opposition to injustice and sin and evil. 
And, and so even in those are more like the ways we talk about God's arm not being shortened. That's a way of saying God is strong, but none of us say, well, therefore God has arms. How many arms does he have? Right? God isn't like us. And so when we're talking about God's love, it is greater than our love. So what we're saying here when we say that God is without passion is saying that he's not overwhelmed by emotion and changes based on those feelings and emotion. Do y'all remember those Snickers commercials? You're not you when you're hungry. You know, some big burly guy turns into Betty White or something. I don't remember exactly. You know, you know the, but, but don't you know it? I mean, I've, I've seen people... I've been the one who, you know, you get really hungry and you get really impatient. Or maybe you get angry and you say things and you think, that's not me. That's not who I am. I was just angry. Or you, you, you're so overwhelmed with excitement about something that you make a commitment and you do something and you look back and said, that's not what I wanted to do. I really wish I had not done. Why did I do that? You know, you, you get excited. You get tired. You... Um, you, you're, 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 you're hungry, you're really wanting something, and all of those make you do things that maybe you wouldn't want to do otherwise. And what we're saying is, God does not get hangry, right? God, his wrath is not because he loses his temper. He, he woke up cranky one day. What we're saying is that he is not changed around by the feelings and emotions that can overwhelm us. So one of the things for that is kind of to remind us, y'all, we're, we're in a culture that tells us what you really need to do is follow your feelings. And whatever you feel, you need to do. And that is a lie. Most of the world has understood our feelings can deceive us. They can lead us astray. We need to hear God's word, and we need our reason and our will to overcome our momentary feelings. Emotions are good. You know, it's appropriate for us to, uh, to, to listen to our feelings and emotions, but we don't l- let them lead us places. We, we restrain them under God's will. And so it's a good thing to remember that just how we feel something isn't necessarily the best guide. But the other thing is, this isn't saying that God is less personal, less relational, because he doesn't, isn't moved by us. It isn't that God is less, it is that he is more. God is loving, and there's nothing that will ever happen that can make him love you anymore. God is merciful, and he sees a horrible, sad situation that does not lead him to show more mercy than he already is. God's wrath is not going to become greater because we become more aware of sin. God is not less. He's more. God will never show you any more compassion than he's already showing you. Because that would be to say he's not showing you everything now. His compassion for you is shown to you. And could there be anything that shows greater wrath against injustice than the cross? Could there be anything that shows greater mercy to sinners than the cross? God is not less, but he's more and he's unchangeable. And the good news is... This never goes away. Do you ever go on vacation and you're having a great time? I don't know, maybe catching fish, you know, maybe getting the sun. And about Thursday, you think, oh, 
In a few more days, I'm about to be going home. And Friday, you're enjoying having fun with the kids, but the whole thing is like, oh, I wonder what's waiting for me back. You ever have some kind of just really fun time, and you're thinking, this is great, and it suddenly occurs to you that it's not going to last. They'll be grown up, moved out. They'll be ending things. Uh, All that I enjoy will come to an end. Every joy we have on earth is tainted with the knowledge that it will change, that it is momentary. But the security and the love and joy of heaven is that it will never, ever end. A billion years into eternity, filling the full joy of God, there will never be a moment that says, a thousand more years and I have to close this down. It'll only be more. It'll only be deeper. It'll only be greater. You will have infinite time to receive the joy and blessing of an infinite and unchangeable God. Now unto him who is able to do more than we can ask or imagine be honor and glory and power forever. Amen. Would you please stand as we state what we believe through the words of the Apostles' Creed. <laughs>